This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Ian Doyle, David Lynch and Kiefer McDonald all with me. We'll talk about the Champions League trip to Ajax, which comes later on this week in a short while. But we'll start with the defeat to Nottingham Forest on Saturday first. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about that, Doyle. You were there. A couple of important wins for Liverpool last week, but then another setback, another performance that really wasn't very good from the Reds on Saturday. No, it wasn't much of a surprise given he wasn't there, which was most players. Um, I think Klopp said after the game, probably the most encouraging thing is that Klopp knew exactly why they'd lost. He just went through and explained it. It'd be more of a worry if he didn't know why they why they played the way that they did. I mean, let's be honest, Forrest weren't very good. They just ran around a lot and got in the way. And defensively, they weren't particularly great at set pieces. Liverpool had loads of chances. They just couldn't put them away. I think somebody needs to recalibrate Virgil van Dijk's head because I don't know what he was doing half the time, so to be clear in it. Um, but, you know, these things happen. I mean, it was there with the, a few of the old regulars. Neil Jones was sat next to me, and after 20 minutes, turned to him and said, this is Leicester away last season. And it ended up being ex- almost exactly the, the, the same. There was just no missed penalty this time. So I suppose that, that, that's a bit of progress. But, yeah, I mean, Forrest, as I said before, Forrest, very limited team, got the tactics right defensively, but even then, Liverpool got enough set pieces to... Have scored, didn't concede a terrible goal. Um, came probably from Joe Gomez, who wasn't particularly great on the day. He, he made a mistake, didn't he? Made the foul on the halfway line. And Liverpool just didn't defend it. And even then, the Forest nearly didn't score. The post with the first shot. And it was slightly fortunate that it came straight back to him, could have gone anywhere. So, you know, in that sense, I think what's interesting to point or important to point out is that, you know, Klopp said after the game is very intense, three games in, in a week. You know, I don't know some people say, yeah, but what about everybody else? OK, well, let's have a look at everybody else. Tell me how many teams won three games last week. What, in None the of world? Them. None of them. None of them. In the, Premier League, in the Premier League, not one of those 20 teams won all three games that they had played in that week. Not a single one. Three of them got seven points, which was Fulham, Newcastle and Leicester. And obviously Arsenal and City were supposed to play and didn't. But even they wouldn't have got nine points because City lost to Liverpool and Arsenal drew Southampton. So it's not just Liverpool who've struggled a little bit in terms of the intensity of the games they all have. So I suppose the diff- and then you could argue, well, Liverpool played at Forest. Well, they should be beating them. Well, they beat Man City one 0 So you know, I'm pretty sure if the scores were the other way around, nobody would be too surprised. It's just a little bit annoying. There's the fact that that's it's gone like that. So I just think that uh, yeah, it wasn't a great result. Just it's a setback in the sense of they just getting a bit of momentum, but they've still won five of the last eight. And you can kind of see why they lost that game. Doesn't mean that it's right or that it was good enough. And, and you know, you could argue about the team selection, but then there's obviously a reason why Jordan Henderson didn't play. We know why Thiago didn't play. We know why Curtis Jones had to play centre mid. We know why Nunes didn't play. We know where uh, Canati, Matip, Diaz, Jota, the others that I can't remember. There's so many of them. We know why, you know, you, you know, you look at Curtis Jones, he he comes in for his first start since May, wasn't it? First start since May at Southampton. And he has to play in centre mid. I'd love to know the last time he played centre mid at any level. You know, so it's difficult for him. But, but, and then you're just looking at the, the same players who've, I know, I know Lynchy's got some thoughts on this, same players that haven't been doing particularly well. You look at Fabinho, who seems to have forgotten to run. Um, I do, you know, you do wonder whether or not he's still, you know, because he, everyone forgets at the end of last season that he got injured, didn't he? And he was rushed back for the Champions League final. 
And is the World Cup playing a part for these players? Are you thinking, I've got a slight injury, I don't really want to miss out on this World Cup, even if they're not openly saying that or thinking that. It might just be at the back of their minds, but the human beings. So we'll see. But I do think what, what I do think the World Cup is now starting to play on the minds of players, I think, across all the teams, to be honest. I think it's kind of their loitering. And I think the clubs now just desperately want to get these games out of the way and just basically take the break and, and take stock, which is why. Liverpool's defeat is more frustrating because you'd think, well, beat City, beat West Ham, they can win the, the two home games and win at Forest, and suddenly they've taken at least 15 points from 18 and they're way up the table. So, missed opportunity more than anything. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there that, that Curtis Jones had to play in a midfield, but Lynchy, it, it struck me as being interesting that they stuck with the 4 4 2. I know that the Thiago thing came late and we're not quite sure. You know, maybe maybe Jones was meant to play on the left hand side instead of Cavalio, and, and they've had to, to change that late on. But it, it did just strike me with that 11 that they had. They could have just played 4 3 3. Curtis Jones in a position that suits himself better. Cavalio on the left hand side of, of the three. They, they did have the players to change things up. But they went with the 4-4-2 when a couple of those players just didn't particularly look comfortable, Jones being one of them. Yeah, I, I think it sort of, you know, it, it took Klopp a lot to change away from that, didn't it? From the 4-3-3, having relied on it for so long. And there'd been a lot of calls for him to, to do that for a long while. And he resisted it. Um, and then has eventually changed. And I guess, I suppose in his head, wants to create some sort of momentum and, and, and stick to this and, and you know... Is really reluctant to change again back to back to the old system because you know you don't want to be maybe chopping and changing every week. Although you know you do see other managers do that a lot. I don't think it would really harm Liverpool to go back to four three three for possibly one game, particularly this is a game against you know sort of weaker opposition. Um, you know you, you could have argued that, that maybe the four three three would have made more sense away to Arsenal as well. It was another example of where you could have maybe just switched back there, but. Again, he obviously just wants to say, well, this is our new system now. This is how we play. Let's, you know, get some rhythm up in this. And he, you know, stuck stuck to it again. And I, yeah, I, I don't think he particularly worked with the players that they had because I, I looked at the starting 11 and just thought there were several areas where he thought they're going to have problems here. And, and so it proved um, just a, yeah, a, a poor performance overall. And, you know, you, you can sometimes come out on the right side of those Liverpool have in the past. But, it, but I think, Jurgen Klopp alluded to that actually in his press conference after the match. Sort of said, you know, there've been games where we've been like this before, and sort of, and have come out with a win. We've scored from the set pieces, but you know, you, you look at the expected goals, and I know it's not everyone's favourite measure, but I think it gave you a good idea of the, the fact that basically the chances were even. The, the game Liverpool had turned the game into a bit of a coin flip, really, about whether they were going to win or not. Um, and in the past, when they've sort of ground out wins, it's been on the basis of not really giving any away. And then taking the one or two that you create, so in a way deserving the win. Whereas this time, I just think, you know, it looks at the performance overall, and I just think, you know, you could have said a draw was maybe a fair result, and or you're leaving it open to the idea that Nottingham Forest take one of their chances, which they did, and, and then won. So I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with him about that. Really, that that he thought Liverpool were were decent and, and maybe just a bit unlucky or just didn't take the chances. I, I thought it was another poor performance, and I think, you know. Doyle is right, five wins out of eight, that sounds pretty good. But, you know, I'd say the West Ham performance wasn't perfect either. I think there's a lot of issues there as well. And then you're looking, that's quite a few patchy performances in amongst some wins. And, you know, we, we keep, we thought maybe after the City game, or we've constantly thought this season that Liverpool are turning a corner. But I'll be honest, I'm, I'm just not massively convinced. I, I keep looking at the teams they're putting out, I keep looking at certain players, and I think there are, there are big issues with this team. And I, 
I don't think there's a corner to be turned. I think I think this Liverpool team is is going to be like this for the rest of the season. I think this is a a transitional season with a lot of question marks over a lot of positions and a lot of different players. And I think there's going to be a lot of pain before now and the end of the season, to be honest. Terminal decline, is it? Well, possibly, yes. I, I, Doily laughs at me for using this phrase in, in, uh, in a WhatsApp chat that we're in. Um, but I think, you know, terminal decline makes it sound like the pool get relegated and, and never, never come back up again and they're absolutely finished. I don't believe that, but I believe this team, uh, or, or the, the, the Jurgen Klopp team that, that had so much success, um, you know, large elements of me got in. And that, pro- to be honest, that process has already started, by the way. You know, you had um, Harvey Elliott and Fabio Carvalho starting uh, on either flank for Liverpool at the weekend. And two absolutely massive talents. I think they're going to have a big part to play. But when you're doing that, that's, that's three Premier League goals between them in their entire careers. You know, from what we're used to, the level that Liverpool are at, that is a significant drop-off. Then we've obviously got the Nunez situation going on where he's been much better recently, but still a lot of sort of you know rough edges to knock off his game so you know you add all that in together then Fabinho is clearly struggling at the moment I think Jordan Henderson is not the player who was which is absolutely fine by the way he's 32 he's you know he's put a lot of of sort of miles in his legs that's absolutely fine so but then you add all these things up plus the injuries that Liverpool have got which is another significant factor which deserves discussion but yeah you, the, the sum total is basically a team that is really struggling at the moment and I, and I don't think it's just going to click I don't think you'll get all your injured players back as well and it will suddenly solve itself because a lot of the issues are, are not relating to injuries and are long term and, and things that need solving really The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo We'll come back to Fabinho in a little while, but I'll bring you, Kiefer, in now on sort of the, the bit of a pattern, really. Liverpool still not won away from home in the Premier League this season. And I take the point that, you know, Everton, Arsenal, Manchester United, they've not exactly had easy away fixtures so far. But Fulham and Nottingham Forest now, it's it's kind of been, as Lynch, you said, a, a bit of a, a flip of a coin at, at certain times. And that's a bit of a concern for me as well, that obviously, you know, we are a little way into the season now and Liverpool haven't managed to, to get that done. The longer it goes, the sort of bigger that issue will grow. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously Jurgen Klopp kind of passed it off, didn't he, in his, his post-match press conference and he kind of just said, you know, you know, not to look at it as a collective kind of pattern, but more as, as in the individual circumstances around each game, which is which is obviously fair enough. But I think, you know, that what it feels like this season is, that, you know, for starters, I think Liverpool won 13 of the, the 19 away games last season, which obviously just shows you kind of how important it is to get those points on the board. But um, I think the manner in which they're losing the games, it feels to be, you know, very repetitive in terms of dominating possession. You know, as David said there, you know, they're not creating too many chances and it feels like the opposition are maybe, you know, racking up an XG closer to and, and you know, they're being clinical, which is something we've obviously seen from Liverpool in, you know, in recent years. But, you know, it now seems that they're the ones kind of, you know, getting punished ruthlessly. And, and even, you know, to, to the home games in the sense of, you know, the West Ham game the other night, it felt like they were never going to get that second goal. And that obviously carried into the to the game on Saturday, and and you know the struggles continued. It just felt like, you know, it felt like a game crying out for Thiago Alcantara, and, and and obviously, I know it's not his fault that you know he got an ear infection or whatever, but you know, I know it was a young midfield, but it just felt like they were never going to break them down. They could have been playing for another sixty minutes, and it it just felt like it was side to side. And I think obviously, you know, some sympathy there is you know for the likes of Curtis Jones, who, you know, even I thought to bring him on on, on Wednesday against West Ham with the kind of game in the balance. You know, I think he came on with, with what half an hour left. I thought that was a a particularly bizarre decision you know obviously I know he needs minutes but he just didn't feel like the, the right kind of game to maybe throw him into especially against you know West Ham side that have you know been building confidence in recent weeks you, you'd probably look maybe to the Ajax game where, where Liverpool only need a point to qualify and that would have maybe been a more 
ideal situation for him. But obviously, we know Javier how he's done this season. But you know, again, it's stuff was like he's kind of working his way into this Liverpool side and kind of finding his best position. And, and obviously, Liverpool are trying to work with him too. Um, and then it just kind of culminated into in terms of Liverpool not being able to break them down. And, and like I said, that's something that we've seen consistently away from home this season. And you know, it, obviously, it is a problem. Um, and, and obviously, again, on another day, if you kind of you think of if Liverpool did have a not even a fully fit squad, but even just some of the, the players they've lost in recent weeks, you know, the likes of Luis Diaz, you know, Darwin Nunes, obviously, um, you know, Diego Jota, who's kind of been so integral to this kind of, you know, this new formation, this 4-4-2-4-2-3-1, whatever you want to call it. You know, you'd, you'd like to think Liverpool would have created more in the final third and, and maybe not been, been so heavily reliant on set pieces, you know, which they were on, on Saturday. So, I mean, it's it is, it is a difficult one because it feels like, you know, while this Liverpool team isn't the same animal it was a couple of years ago, it feels like every kind of time they are losing games, there's, there's so many different caveats to their, you know, performances that it's hard to kind of isolate it down to, you know, to one issue of maybe, you know, what it might be. You know, obviously, David spoke there on, obviously, you know, the likes of Jordan Henderson and those kind of players that have, you know, aging. I mean, you only have to look at the team at Old Trafford. It was, you know, he, he dropped, dropped Fabinho, didn't he? And it was James Miller and Jordan Henderson starting at Old Trafford, which, you know, even any year is going to be, you know, make it a difficult task. But then the other side of that is that you've got to play, you know, youthful and experienced players who maybe aren't used to those occasions yet. So I think Liverpool are kind of caught in, you know, catch 22 at the moment in terms of, you know, which way they're kind of, you know, heading with it. Um, and, you know, it doesn't get any easier, does it? I know, I know Tottenham lost last night, but, you know, going, you know, if it's anything like the game last year, you know, last December, obviously a very frantic game. And, you know, I think Tottenham could have been three up after about 20 minutes. So, you know, you just think, you know, hopefully football can get that kind of first away win of the, the season that'll kind of, you know, close that noise down and, and maybe allow them to focus on, you know, other areas because, you know, it is a concern, especially, you know, obviously the home form has been good in, in recent years, but, you know, it, 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 it's pointless essentially beating Man City and then dropping points to Nottingham Forest. I know obviously Dolly said you could sw- swap them around, but, you know, it, you're dropping three needless points after such a graph last week against City and, and you know, a big again, when City go and, you know, beat Brighton as they did and kind of respond like that, it's, you know, I think it's very obviously deflating, you know, for everyone kind of around, isn't it? Yeah, the, the midfield we've we've talked about a number of times so far this season, but let's talk about Fabinho Doini. I mean, I'm hoping that he just needs a big rest and that the World Cup can do him a bit of good and he can get his legs back again, but I don't know whether it is that simple. It, it is a bit more of a, a long-term thing at this point. It's It's been a while since we saw him at his best. Yeah, it looks like he can't run anymore. Which is, you know, jokingly in the squad, they always say that you know he's the slowest player. But you know, come on, be able to move your legs a bit faster. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know we've said this as a kind of a joke, but you know, is there anybody here who's recently had a child, David? And um, you know, Fabinho's had one. Are you wonder how much kid he's getting? I'm still playing well on a Tuesday night. I'm telling you, (laughs) it's not affecting my form. (laughs) <laughs> David's no slower than he was before. <laughs> but you get my point. You get my point. Um, no, there's got to be some reason. I mean, he's never. I mean, the thing with the thing with Fabinho is that whenever there's a there's a kind of like a change in tactic, it takes him quite a while. I mean, I think personally speaking, I think there's loads of stuff that's combined to make him be not very good. The fact there wasn't much of a, the fact that he was injured towards the end of last season, the fact there wasn't much of a break between the seasons, the fact that in the summer there wasn't much of a preseason because he's one that needs to get up to speed, the fact that the team around him aren't doing particularly great and his other midfielders are either not there or they're not 100%, the fact that the the change in formation, as I was going to say just then, is that when they change formation, it takes him a while to get used to it. Look what happened when he first joined. So, and, and you know, and probably some other bits. So I do think that. You know that that's kind of it. Also, how old is he now? Twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, I, 
he's not had that much pace to, to start. He's always never had much pace, but what he can rely on is positioning and his positioning now. I mean, I had a number of times this season where I thought, hang on, where's he going? Like going upfield. And he never really used to do that. That's got to be something that's been mentioned to him by the coaching staff. It's the only thing that it can be. Otherwise, they'd be saying to him, no, get back and offer more protection to the back four because there's two of them there now. Maybe he thinks that he can wander off. I don't know. But there were a number of times against, and I know they like Liverpool like to play in the front four and against Forest. They had so much of the ball that in the first half in particular, you know, Van Dyke was playing in midfield for parts of the time. So, you know, Fabinho had to push up because there was literally no other room for him to be there. But what that meant is that when Liverpool were then, you know, Forest countered, you were then relying on the, you know, the back two to sort things out. And Forest had runners from midfield. As anybody who's watched Liverpool under Klopp knows, if a team's got runners from midfield, that's the one where you can get at Liverpool. But that's because you can just overwhelm Fabinho. And if he's not there, then that's obviously a bit of an issue because, you know, where is he? So, and, and then, of course, on Saturday, you had the whole Curtis Jones thing of him not normally playing in that position. I thought he did all right, to be honest. I disagree with Keeper about Wednesday, by the way. I thought he had to come on because Carvalho wasn't really doing much. So I didn't see there was any any difference there. You know, I think it's anything different the club could do. And that's the worry. We go back to the, you know, you were talking before about breaking down defences. Liverpool have bought four players in the past two years whose basically sole job is to break down packed defences. Diaz, Nunes, Thiago and Jota. And all four of them were injured against Forest. So it was the worst game for them all to not be available in, in some ways. So, again, these are just reasons, not excuses. That's just what it's like. And I know some fans will say, well, why didn't they sign somebody else? It's like, well, hang on. I think they had, they had three forwards injured, didn't they? On Saturday, three forwards unavailable. So they couldn't really play 4-3-3 because they wouldn't have had enough players. And even then you say, well, what about the youngsters, Kate Gordon? He's not played all season. He's not played since February. Don't think it is. You know, so it's tough, but I do think I go back to what go back to what Lynch was saying about the formation. I think they have to just stick with it. I suspect. I think they're going to have to. There's no point changing it around. Not yet. I think the time will come where they can start moving things around when they get the players back. Then because the players all know how to play the four three three, so they can switch to that. They played four two three one in the past. I know this is more four four two. What was interesting actually is that Klopp did an interview after the West Ham game. I think it was to one of the uh, foreign broadcasters, uh, and he mentioned about. Yeah, we're looking into ways to get Salah and Nunes in a central position, which would suggest possibly a four, a more of a four-four-two, or certainly a four-four-one-one, and then that would be interesting because then, obviously, the argument about Salah is that he needs to be nearer the goal. Well, yeah, he does, like he was on Saturday, but he also needs to get some passes as well, and he, he didn't really get much. He had that one that was it from the free kick where he lost it in the sun. I think that was that that one. That was about the only chance, wasn't it, for him? So. You know, I think um, it's not just on him that he's not, he didn't score on Saturday. He needs to get some passes. But again, th- these are just things that happened. So I don't agree it's terminal decline, as Lynchy says. I'd, I've, I've written, I wrote this actually in the summer saying, remember the start, I'm going to mention it again, remember the podcast at the start of the season where you were all like, yeah, Liverpool are going to win loads. And I was like, they're going to win nothing. Cause it's a, it's a, it's it's that direct it's quote, a, yeah. Yeah, exact, exact quote was, and, you know, where are you going to finish in the league? I said second or third, didn't I, with Tottenham. I didn't expect Arsenal to be this good. But, you know, Arsenal, I do think the World Cups might kill Arsenal a little bit. I think the last thing they need is seven weeks off. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I knew this would be kind of a, tr- a you know, transformation of a season. The only good thing is that for all of this, how many points are Liverpool off the top, off the top three? Is it seven with a game in hand? 
I think it's that, isn't it? Or six. Yeah, in the, the game. five of the top four, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not that bad. And as Kiefer said, they played loads of really hard games already this season. Games where they wouldn't normally win anyway. So I do think that's the that I said before. That's the only thing about the Forest game is because it's a game they should have won, a game they could have won, a game if they'd have won, we'd have all been like, even if it'd been exactly the same, exactly the same level of performance, and he took one or two of those chances, then you'd be going, well, we, they just got, you know, they did what they had to do. Problem is, they, they forgot the bit about scoring. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to, to Salah in a second. I believe he only completed six passes all game, which kind of sums up how uh, isolated he was in that match. But I'll let you have you say, Lynchy, on the midfield and, and Fabinho. Gordy promised that you've got some stuff to, to say on him, so I'll let you uh, I'll let you jump in. To be honest, Fabinho, you know, obviously I agree with everyone that he's been poor this season. But I think um, I, I'm not quite as convinced that he's on the, the slide that, that maybe others are. Um, you know, he's not at an age where you think that physical decline should be happening just yet. And he's not, you know, he's not been at Liverpool for as long as some. And, and, and so he's not quite got as much in his legs. I, I, I think his biggest problem at the moment is possibly that there are two, the spaces around him are huge. And that that is a huge problem if you're a player who, who doesn't, as as he's rightly point, pointed out, he's never been really that quick anyway. I think he's at his best when the, the spaces around him are small and he's basically just cleaning up little pockets and, and using his physicality. Um, and, and that's not happening at the moment. You know, he's, he's having constantly changing midfield partners, this change of shape, all these things are going on around him. And I think that's causing him real problems. So he's not just there to sweep up. And I think that's... You know, I think that's a big part of the issue and why he's not looked that good. You know, you, you look at the Man City game, I thought he was very good in that one. And that's because Liverpool were tight as anything. So the spaces were small and he could just do his job. Um, and that, that's not really been the case for a lot of this season. So I'm not, well, I, you know, it's not that I'm not worried about him. But I think, you know, if Liverpool start getting things right in terms of the mix in midfield and start keeping the best midfield fit for longer than two or three games at a time, then that, that sort of situation will maybe solve itself. Um, I think, you know, we spoke, didn't we, about the possibility of the change of shape going in there. I, I felt for Curtis Jones really a little bit being just dropped into that too. Um, you know, he clearly didn't have the fitness to do that. He's been out for such a long time um, and it wasn't really fair to ask him to do that. And then equally not fair on Fabinho to ask him to sort of clean all that up as well. So, yeah, Liverpool's midfield is, a, is an ongoing issue that I don't think will be fully, fully solved uh, without some serious work doing, doing to it in terms of the transfer market. Obviously, for now, they can't do that. So if you can just keep Fabinho and Thiago on the pitch as much as possible, that would probably solve a lot of problems that they've got. Yeah, it all sort of links in as well, Kiefer, with the, the creativity. And obviously we mentioned before the, the chances that Liverpool did have all came from the set pieces. They all pretty much fell to Virgil van Dijk, who for some inexplicable reason tried to, to pass rather than shoot on the first of, of those occasions. But it, it does all link together, doesn't it? I mentioned Salah being isolated. Firmino hardly got a kick as well. What what's the solution? Do you think in in terms of that? Obviously, the players in there you'd expect to be a little bit more creative. Albeit there's a lot of injuries. You've got Cavalio, you've got Elliot, you've got players in there that you'd think would be able to to help link that up. But it just didn't quite happen. I'm hopeful Darwin Nunes will be the, the solution. To be honest, um, I know Klopp's staff didn't see that. You know they were missing those runs in behind, and I know obviously a lot of people have kind of mocked that in in the opening weeks there. You know. People have praised him for his kind of movement. Maybe, maybe not got the goals that Erling Haaland's got, but you know, especially against West Ham, I thought he was a, a constant threat. He was a menace in behind, and I think against a team you set who set up in the way that Forest did, I think you know, just being able to drag a defender out or even just occupy both the centre halves, I think that really would have you know helped those 
know, those those four players maybe behind him just you know have a, an extra touch, an extra a free pass, or you know, a, kind of a, a channel to play into because you know, ultimately that that wasn't the case. And even for Salah, you know, it, I think it would have helped him as well because you know he seems to get doubled up on now, especially you know when there's a, when there's a free centre half and he can you know cover with the right back. And you know, we know that you know this season he has struggled and. Um, and maybe there was more onus on him to maybe go inside um, in the absence of Nunes. But, you know, you look at the, the amount of crosses that were going into the box, it felt like it really would have been, been a game for him. And I know it's easy to say in hindsight, because if Liverpool win, you know, two or three nil, you know, they had the chances to do so. You know, I don't think anyone's mentioning kind of Nunes' absence, but you'd, you'd hope for that, you know, that, you know, if he returns, at, you know, which is likely against Ajax, um, you know, and he can, you know, continue his goal-scoring form and just kind of continue that relationship with with those behind him, you know, the likes of Elliot Carvalho and obviously soon to be Curtis Jones. Um, you know, you'd, hopefully that is the solution because obviously Liverpool pay pay big money for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the Van Dijk chances are you know, pretty inexcusable. Um, I'm not sure, quite sure what he's doing for the for the first one. Even if he is offside, you, you just think he'd put it in the back of the net and and kind of let VAR and the linesman kind of deal with it. You know, after, but it probably just you know kind of just sums up the the kind of afternoon as as Doyle said. It was very re- reminiscent of that game at Leicester last year, wasn't it? Where you know I think Marnie misses that chance as he in the second half he skies it one on one with Casper Schmeichel and and they never kind of get a, a foot back in the game. And obviously, you know, you'd be hoping that they can kind of follow a similar suit because you know after that it was a, the game against Chelsea, wasn't it? And and they kind of went on that mammoth run for the for the rest of the season and really put the foundations in for that that quadruple chase that ended up being you know so close to know to a historic achievement so yeah fingers crossed you know like I say if Nunes can kind of get back on the pitch and and kind of continue where he picked up left off against West Ham and even against City I thought again demonstrated his ability to kind of pull defenders out wide and I know he should have probably uh you know played a better pass for two of those situations but again you know he showed kind of what he can offer to the Liverpool side and and even if he's not directly involved in goals um what he can offer for those around him I think just on that, sorry, I think with Nunez, it's a really good point in that he probably wouldn't have made Liverpool play better, but he probably he, he ends, seems to end games with like seven shots to his name. And, and, and I just think in a game like that where it's ugly and the ball's bouncing around and, and you can't really play prettiest football, it probably would have been really helpful to have him there, just a physical presence to drag people around and also to, like I said, he, he gets shots away and that, that is really handy in a game like that where you just need to score a couple of ugly goals and get out there. Yeah, one one goal it felt like whichever way it was going to be scored, that would kind of be it if, if Liverpool had got that first goal. But of course, we all know the, the pattern of that. I can't exactly remember the numbers around it, but they've not exactly been particularly brilliant at, at scoring first in matches recently. But uh, yeah, a frustrating one for Liverpool over the weekend. We'll move on though to Ajax in the Champions League. Though, you're heading over there, of course. Liverpool know a point will get them through to the knockout phase. Are you expecting them to get the job done? Um, yeah, fine. In about six minutes, I think, after this podcast. It feels as though we're going that early. Um, <clears throat> do I expect them to get it done? I mean, Ajax haven't been very good, have they? There's a massive... I mean, even even before they even played Liverpool, the manager was, was talking up, look, there's a big gap between us and the other teams in the group. Possibly not Rangers, actually. I think he just meant Napoli and Liverpool. And, um, yeah... I do think that Liverpool should get it done. I think they'll have a really strong team, which I know we'll come on to. I suspect they might be really strong just to get it done. I do think that might help in a way because I'm not saying they're going to chuck it, but it's going to take something remarkable to finish top of the group. They just need to get through, and it might mean that they can do a lot of changes next week. So if they can just get it done now, I mean, even a two, even a what is it? Even a, a two? Is it if they lose three two, they're already that they get through. 
I think even if they get beat 2-1, they're almost certainly going to go through, provided they don't get absolutely tonked by Napoli on the last day because of the head-to-head. And it would go on, obviously 2-1, same head-to-head. It would go on goal difference if Ajax win and uh, win against Rangers and Liverpool lose against Napoli. And if, if it's 3-2, then Liverpool had a better head-to-head results against Napoli. So they could even afford to get beat, although I'm pretty sure they, would. they can't really afford to do that after what happened on Saturday. So I'm expecting a good performance from them. I think they'll have Thiago back. I think Nunes will be back. So we'll do the team in a bit. I think they'll be really strong. I think they'll just want to get it done. And, of course, they won't have played since Saturday morning. They don't play again till Saturday night. So it couldn't go any better in terms of the players, getting them out there, getting them fit, making sure that they're fresh, doesn't really impact anything else. And as I said, it means that they can have a look at the Napoli game next week, prepare properly for the, the Tottenham game. And then they've got Derby in the League Cup, finished with Southampton at home. So... Getting something don't not only help getting something will not only help them in the Champions League, it'll also help in the Premier League over the next couple of games. So I do think that I do think they'll get it done, yeah. In terms of, of coming first and second as well, Inch, it's it's not necessarily, you know, a big advantage to come top of the group. The main thing is just to, to get yourself through. Obviously, that depends on what happens in, in some of the other groups, but it's not really something you can be strategic about. And it's certainly not something you can be strategic about when you've just been absolutely battered by Napoli in the last game. No, absolutely. You've just got to take getting through in any way that you can. And I think, yeah, with, with finishing first and second, it's always nice to finish first because I think it shows that you've played well and you've deserved to do it. And you know, you look at last year when, when Liverpool sort of won every game in the, in the group stages, that, you know, it'd be ideal to be doing that again. But I think, you know, that you've got to just take it as it comes and, and sort of say, well, you know, they got thumped in that first game at Napoli and, and coming from that point onwards, you think, all right, well, you, you sort of realign what your expectations are around the group and, and getting through a group that, that also features Ajax, you, you've got to be happy with that. I know they're not, you know, they're not at Liverpool's strength, but this has been a difficult start to the season for Liverpool and Ajax away could be a, you know, it's not an easy game on paper, I don't think. So I think if you can come through this one and, and get the result they need to get them through, they'll be, they'll be happy to get it done early and that, that could be important for sort of doing some squad rotation later in the group stages just to, you know, take those couple of games out of it because I think that's been part of, part of Liverpool's struggle as well is that, yes, the injuries have been adding up and all these other problems have been going on around it. But the games are coming, coming thick and fast constantly as well and there's not scope to really put maybe young players in and things like that. So it's that's made it even more difficult for Klopp. So I think he'll really, really want to get this done. And I, I agree with Doyle. I think it's going to be a, you know, a stronger team, which we will talk about. And, and I think that will help. And then, yeah, I think that you'd hopefully see a reaction as well to, to Saturday's game and the way the way the games fell is, is it's fallen quite nicely. So yeah, we just hope for hope for an improvement on what we saw at the weekend. Yeah, you've got to expect a reaction, haven't you, Kiefer, after what happened at the weekend. The the players will, you know, obviously want to, to get it done ahead of, of playing Napoli, but they'll want to, to show that they can bounce back from Saturday too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's, if there's one thing you probably can't question about this Liverpool side under Jurgen Klopp over the past, you know, seven or so years, it's, you know, their ability to bounce back in kind of, you know, at the lowest moments. And I know obviously this is kind of nothing compared to, you know, some of the setbacks they've had in, in recent years, but, you know, they've got the mentality there. And like we touched on earlier, it's a lot of the same players still involved. You know, a lot of the players who were, you know, in Kiev were part of that, 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 that team that missed out on the on the title by one point as well and then won it the next year. So, I think obviously, you know, while you can question a lot of their maybe performances this season and, and maybe, you know, um, that the the, the um, tiredness from last season and kind of the learnings they've been to in recent years, I, I don't think you can really question their mentality. Um, and, you know, hopefully, like I say, um, they'll go strong on on Wednesday night against Ajax and kind of get the 
get their position in the group wrapped up. Um, you know, like we say, it's going to take something mammoth to kind of get that top spot on the final day against Napoli. So, you know, it'd probably be as good as done come come Wednesday night. Um, and then, like you say, you can you can go into the game. You know, you've got plenty of rest ahead of uh, Saturday night's game against Leeds. And then hopefully, you know, if you can make a few rotations against Napoli and then, again, you know, you're, you're looking pretty good going into the Tottenham game and then you've got the final few weeks ahead of the World Cup. So, yeah, I think tomorrow could, you know, while maybe not turning, turning massive corners, it would just maybe be good to get a win back on the back on the board and, and put down a, a mark if they can get a couple of goals, keep a clean sheet again. Um, you know, not a statement victory, but, you know, just kind of get that confidence back amongst themselves and and hopefully, like I say, get a, get a few players back on the pitch as well, the likes of Thiago, Nunes, maybe Canate might be involved on the bench or in some capacity, you know, get Trent back involved. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't be positive to take if it kind of goes to plan for Liverpool on Wednesday night. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that in mind, we will pick our teams for the game. Dodie, I'll come to you first. Obviously, Alisson in goal could be one or two changes across the back four, but what do you reckon it might be? Um, will it be Alisson in goal, though? Yes, yes, it will. <laughs> it might not be the next game or the derby game, as we said, so expect to see Keller in at least one of those. Um, Alisson, Trent, Van Dijk, Robertson, and I just put Canati back in. Simple as that. Can I take from the start, Lindsay? Yeah, I think so. Cause just because the, the layoff wasn't too long, and I think that Klopp would be probably keen to sort of get him back in, really, because I think he sees him as his first choice alongside Van Dyke, to be honest. Um, uh, and, and maybe Gomez didn't help his case either by by playing as he did at, at Forest at the weekend, even though he's fantastic against City the other week. Um, so, yeah, I think he'd be keen to get Canate back in there. And then, yeah, the rest probably picks itself in terms of bringing Alexander Arnold in, Robertson, and, and obviously Van Dyke stays in there. Yeah, no, Trent at the weekend, Kiefer. So imagine he would come in in this one. If it's the same back four for you, you might as well talk us through your midfield as well. Uh, yeah, so I've gone for the I've gone for the four four two then. So I've gone for um, Elliot on the right, uh, Thiago and Fabinho. Um, as you imagine, you know Thiago will be fit. I think they've only lost one game together when they started. I mean, they the, obviously the Champions League final against Madrid. So you know, keep that run going. Um, and then I've, I've gone for Carvalho uh, on the left. Um, you know, I, I don't think you know. Either of them covered themselves in, in glory the other night, but I don't think it was through through fault of trying. I thought, you know, you know, just the energy they kind of bring in something different. Um, you know, you might even put Curtis Jones out on that left. You know, he played there kind of at, at younger age groups, but I would expect it to be to be Elliot and Carvalho. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit different to you. I'm going to go with Jones on the, the left. I think Henderson might play as well. Obviously, didn't start even though Thiago wasn't there on Saturday, Doody. Which which way are you going to go for in midfield? Yeah, it's the four two three one. Um I'm gonna have Henderson and Thiago. Uh and I'll come back to the others. Okay. Inchi, midfield. Yeah, I think you've got to see Henderson coming in and I think Fabinho, you know, they're just gonna keep dragging in in and out until something sort of fixes itself. So probably Henderson and, and Thiago in there and then there isn't a, I don't know it's a, it's a difficult one with the sort of what's in front of that, I suppose, because in those wide positions you don't Really well, you know, have an awful lot of choice, I suppose, because of the injuries that they've got on the left hand side. So, I suppose, you know, the the obvious choice to go there is if Nunez is available, which we hope he will be, is to maybe put sort of Carvalho on that left hand side. Then you've got Firmino, Salah on the right, and, and Nunez going up top. Um, yeah, the, the manager doesn't have an awful lot of options. I suppose you, you, you either you could flip it, put Salah back up top, and 
and Elliot on the right-hand side, but I don't think that worked particularly well. And you're putting a lot on those two youngsters to have them in the team at the same time uh, if, if you do that. So, you know, so I'd, 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 I think he'll try and avoid doing that if, he's, if Nunez is fit. Kiefer, you've told us your midfield four, so your front two. Uh, well, we it would go for uh, Mino and uh, Nunes. I was thinking about going Salah, but I think you know, as Lynch just pointed on, then um, I think sometimes when Elliot and, and Salah do play on that same side, especially in those kind of you know, you'd expect Liverpool to have a lot of the ball. I think sometimes they do kind of get in each other's way a bit. So I think also it's a you know, like we said, Liverpool should have enough to kind of to get through it. And I think Salah could obviously you know do with a bit of a rest ahead of kind of the next couple of weeks before the World Cup. I know he's not going, but you know, just to kind of keep him you know fresh and, and ready. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've gone with Firmino and Nunes, and I imagine it'll probably be Firmino, obviously, just a bit behind him. And then, obviously, like I say, if Nunes has kind of recovered, which it sounds like he has, you know, let him lead the line and hopefully grab a few goals. Tony, your front four? Um, I was just thinking of Milner. Whether he, I think Milner will get at least half an hour because he's done quite well the last two times he's played. He did, You know, he made made an important block against West Ham. Made another one. Admittedly, didn't make much difference against uh, against Forest. I thought he was a bit lucky to be subbed. To be honest, I mean, there was quite a few other players who could have been subbed before before him on Saturday. But maybe it was just because he didn't have you know the legs for it, or he may even be playing, you know, on the on on Wednesday. But I, you know, I wouldn't have him in the team. He'd certainly get half an hour though. In terms of the rest of the team, um, well, it'd be Salah Salah on the right and Nunes up front. I think I'm going to go Curtis Jones on the left. But the interesting one is I'd play Elliot behind Salah. I think. I think he's deserved to get into the team. No, not behind Salah, behind Luna, sorry. Um, I just think he deserved to be in the team. And I, maybe, actually, you know what? Actually, I've told myself out of that. No, put Firmino there. This isn't this isn't the game to have him doing that. I think if they get through, they might try it against Napoli or do something different. And they certainly can do something against uh, Derby in the League Cup. But So let me just remind myself what my team was. It was Salah, Firmino, Jones and Nunes up front. There you go. It is still Monday, isn't it? Yeah, good. <laughs> yes, don't worry, you've not missed your flight. Um, Minji, <laughs> you've already talked us through, I think, haven't you? So, just yeah, so, a reminder. So, uh, Carvalho on the left, Firmino in behind, uh, Salah on the right, and, and Nunez up top. I, I, I would quite like to see, I feel harsh on Elliot really taking him out of the team because I think he's I think he's been excellent this season. And I do really think that sort of right hand side in the 4 2 3 1 really sort of suits him down to the ground in terms of the mix of def- like slightly less defensive responsibility and also an ability to, to um, impact things going forward. So I feel harsh taking him out, but I just think if you, you're you going to have to use Carvalho probably on the left-hand side because of those injuries there. And I, I just don't, you know, you lose a lot of goal threat if you two wingers are Carvalho and, and Elliot because they don't, you know, between them have an awful lot of goals behind them at this stage of the career, even though I think, you know, I think in the long term they definitely will. So, just putting him in this team at the same time is a bit of an issue for me at the moment. So that's why I would take Elliot out. But it's, it, it's probably a harsh decision, to be honest. Right. Let's go for our match predictions then, Doiny. I'm going to go 2-0 to Liverpool, I think. I think we might see a bit of a, a reaction, a bit of a different performance. But uh, what do you reckon? I just have to go for it. So they'll score. But I think Liverpool will win 2-1. Didn't you? Yeah, I quite like 2-1. I, th- I think... Um... Yeah, I'd be surprised if Liverpool kept a clean sheet, to be honest. So, yeah, I think 2-1. But Liverpool to win. 3-1. would be different. Three, yeah. <laughs> Not confident, just different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'd uh, we'd all take that. A point we'd all take, in fairness. So, uh, yes, we shall see what happens. But we'll leave it there for now. Jurgen Klopp's press conference, obviously, to come tomorrow. You can catch that on the Blood Red YouTube channel. Open training for you as well. And plenty more build-up and reaction around the match. Until next time, though, it's goodbye for now.
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.